Joining us now, live from the Bay Area, Kurt Heelan from NBC Sports and ProBasketballTalk.com. Kurt, how are you? Hey, Kurt. I'm doing well. How's it going, guys? I'm doing well. So I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball at you right out of the gate. Uh, Brett McMurphy just tweeted out, and I know the college basketball world isn't your uh, your, your your big tea or cup of tea, but he just said the NCAA will move its three-point line back to an international distance, 22 feet, one and three-quarter inches in men's hoop starting next season. Does that make the college game a little bit better? I think it provides a little more spacing, yeah. I think every time – and for the players, I mean, A, plenty of them are shooting beyond that point anyway, but it, for the guys thinking about the NBA down the line or even, you know, playing internationally, this is just closer – I mean, it's closer to what they're going to be dealing with in the NBA and obviously exactly what they'll be dealing with if they're playing in Europe somewhere. So this is a – look, I think it's a good step. I think that for a lot of teams – it was. I don't want to say it was too close, but it was getting a little too easy. And I'm, you know, the NBA has considered it, but or considered other options. There's just not. <laughs> Steph and, and some of these guys are shooting from so deep, but I don't know quite how you make that work. So it, it's been a logistical problem. Kurt, give me your uh, just your overall initial take of this championship. Uh, series, I, 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 the matchups, the outcomes, and your initial thoughts through the first two games. You know, it's first off, it's a pretty even series, and I think that might change a little when Kevin Durant gets back in the mix and and all that. And injuries certainly play part of this, but the Raptors are in this thing. They are they defend well enough. Kawhi Leonard is certainly good enough, um, even slightly slowed. I think uh, they've been. So, I mean, it's just been a really even series that both games kind of could have slid one way or the other. I think we're going to learn a little more tonight, depending on how well, uh, you know, well, if Clay Thompson plays, I kind of got the feeling he will. But how limited is he, um, especially if he's got to cover, you know, Kawhi Leonard? Do they have to do they have to switch that up again? It really worked well for him in the second half. Um, but my impression is that the Raptors had better do this. Like I said, I think they've got a chance. But they really, I think there's a pressure on them to get out to it, at least get out of here with the split and maybe do that before. Because by game five, when Durant returns, it just becomes so much harder to deal with them, especially in that they've struggled in that half court for stretches uh, for, you know, six of the eight quarters. Kevin Durant changes that dynamic because he just is, a, you know, an impossible matchup in the half court. You know, the other uh, the other way to look at this game is, is that fourth quarter – uh, you had obviously Clay was hampered. Steph didn't score in the fourth quarter. Uh, yep. There was a lot of people banged up, and yet Golden State still held on and, and won. How much of a missed opportunity was that for Toronto in Game Two? Oh, I think they. I think that they're absolutely going to regret that one and let it get. I mean, let it get away, if you will. Didn't take advantage of the opportunity. But give the Warriors credit for cranking up their defense. Their defense was a lot better, especially in the second half of Game Two, than it was in Game One. Their rim protection, um, just you know, closing out on shooters. And their passing was, you know, vastly superior. They were just getting shots at the rim. But, but that said, he said when once Clay went down and they went to the, you know, funky box and one thing for a stretch, they, they it worked. Like there were opportunities, and I think they they look back when you talk to them out here, they look back and say we didn't play with enough force to start the second half, but then we just missed shots. We just we moved the ball and maybe just either moved it one too many times and didn't take the look we wanted or just missed looks we had, and they they think those will fall. Where do you stand with the Kawhi Leonard returning to Toronto conversation? Outside of the, the standard, I, who knows what he's thinking, <laughs> you know, line, line, of, line of this. I would say there's a lot of buzz 
right now that he might sign a short-term deal there. Um, nobody really knows, but there's a there's a you know there, there's some buzz that he would sign a one plus one, two plus one kind of thing, and stay for a couple years. That he ultimately does want to get back to Southern California, uh, but that this is a really good situation. They've treated him well. Obviously, they've made it to the finals. I think we can safely call them contenders, and he might be willing to ride that out for a couple more years, and and then then come home. Curt Heelan right here on the Zone Sports Network. Uh, when you look at the landscape uh, of free agency, how, I mean, you're around a lot of, uh, you're yeah. a lot of NBA writers right now. I'm sure all of you are trying to project what's going to happen. Do you, are you buying into the fact that Kyrie is looking into Brooklyn maybe more than New York? Possibly. I, I would say the only thing anybody knows for sure is Kyrie seems to really actually want out of Boston. Even Boston seems to have come yeah. around. They're, they're still going to pitch that idea with Anthony Davis and all that. But he seems to want out, and if he wants out, I've heard that the Lakers are kind of a long shot, that it's one of the two New York teams. The Brooklyn thing is out there, but the other part of this is it's still Kyrie Irving, yeah. and it's 25 days. <laughs> so who knows what he's going to be thinking in 25 days. And, and all this influences one another, right? If Kevin Durant decides, hey, I want to be a Nick, and then he calls up Kyrie, well, then Kyrie's decision might change. He might lean Brooklyn today and think Nick's, or maybe, you know, maybe – Maybe KD goes to the Clippers, and then he does. You know, then he likes Brooklyn. But who knows? There's so many variables out there. Um, it's it's just really hard to predict. And, and what Kawhi decides if he becomes a Clipper could impact all of that as well. So it's there's it just so many moving parts. It's hard to put a feeling on it outside of Kyrie definitely wants out of Boston. It seems feels like one of the more unpredictable things is what's going on with LeBron James because LeBron James doesn't want to finish his career stewing no. with the Lakers. And, you know, you see all these weird conversations where he's covering his mouth and he and Kevin Durant are laughing together and there's all these conversations. It feels like he's got to have some irons in the fire, doesn't it? Well, I think he's recruiting, but I think the situation, in Kevin Durant's case, you know, look, if KD leaves, Golden State, it's because he wants to win on his terms, right? He wants to. He wants his legacy to be end with him winning with a team that's his. This is this is still Curry's team and in Golden State. So whether he goes to the Knicks or wherever, he would be the man. If he goes to, but if he goes to Los Angeles, the same argument comes up. Like, ah, oh, he took the easy path. He joined LeBron James. He's happy being number two. Yada yada yada. I I, I just can't picture that happening. But LeBron's trying. I think the thing is, I've heard, like I said, I've heard Kyrie is a long term. I've heard Kawhi doesn't want to be part of that circus right now. Um, and suddenly you're down to Jimmy Butler. And it, what happens if Philly gives Jimmy Butler a full five? Like, can you lure Kemba Walker out? I don't know that Charlotte's really thrilled with the idea of paying him the Supermax for five years, but you know, we'll see what they. But he's always been Michael Jordan's guy. So. I mean, they just might not have options, and it's really going to take LeBron's recruiting to get anybody there. You know, the names that keep popping up here in Utah, certainly Tobias Harris, and then maybe yep. a trade for Mike Conley. Um, but D'Angelo Russell's name's been popping up a little bit, that the Jazz certainly interested and willing to throw out some significant money his way. How do you think that fit would, would be here in Salt Lake City? You know, he really developed last year into the kind of point guard that's, that, that could fit well there. Um, he kind of finally matured into that guy. And part of it was simply he started hitting shots. He was one of those point guards. You, you, may, have, you may have seen a point guard like this who could run the show, but you could let him shoot. He, back off that a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen a guy like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, he start, you know, his floater started to fall. His, his shot just started to go in, and that really opened a lot of things up. I think he, you know, I, 
there's a lot of buzz. There's a lot of teams lining up for him. Indiana also makes a lot of sense. Uh, there, there's other spots that are interested, and he's going to have options. I think he'd like to stay in Brooklyn. I think he likes it there, but obviously we're back to, you know, what he, I mean, he's even said this publicly, you know, everybody's got to wait for those first couple of big dominoes to fall before everything else falls in line. And he's kind of on that second tier. Although I'm sure Indiana and Utah and everybody will come at him early. He probably will wait it out a little bit before signing even an offer sheet somewhere. Um, and then there's other guys. I mean, you can, Malcolm Brogdon is out there if he interests you. And then there's, I mean, Patrick Beverly's name is another one. I, there's a lot of teams, including Utah, who've kind of got their eye on Patrick Beverly, although I know the Clippers Clippers desperately want to bring him back because they see him as part of the heart and soul of their team, but how much are they willing to pay to do it? Jazz have until July 6th to figure out what they're going to do with Derek Favors, uh, whether that next year, you know, that $16.9 yeah. becomes guaranteed. Is that enough time? Do you think enough dominoes will fall uh, yeah. in free agency for the Jazz to realize what they need to do or not do with Derek Favors? Yeah, I think so. I think that this is going to move relatively quickly this year. And I don't know about LeBron James screwing up my July 1st plans quickly, but you know, I, I learned that lesson last year. Don't don't plan anything for July 1st evening. Well, um, we, we had a July 4th. I had to bring everybody back on July 4th when Gordon Hayward decided to uh, to write, yeah. a, write a piece on the Players' Tribune, too. So we know, what, we know how yeah. crazy those days can be. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, the, year I, the years I don't have to leave the block party in front of my house to go inside and write on July 4th are very rare. Um, the, but I, I think you will know. I think this is going to move pretty quickly, you know, uh, within the first two or three days, you know, probably while everybody's up there in Utah at the Jazz Summer League. Yeah. Um, I think these things are going to move, really move fairly quickly. And then we'll, you know, I think by the 6th, you'll have a sense of how things are shaking out. And... From that, you know, from that you'll be able to, like you said, you'll be able to know. You'll have a sense of who you can get or can't, and 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 stuff like the Conley trade and stuff will be. Uh, at least you'll have a real sense of where some of that stuff stands. You know, I kind of wanted to go on, on what you, and, and maybe a lot of it depends on what the Jazz can get. But you know, if you get Mike Conley, obviously that affects how you use. Um, you use Donovan Mitchell. If you get Tobias Harris and don't have money for a point guard, you know, a high-level point guard, then that affects on how you use Donovan Mitchell. So is do you think the Jazz have a plan on what they prefer with him, or is it just based on the kind of talent you can surround or surround him with? I'm sure there are plans, there's plan A's and plan B's, but I think the good thing about Donovan Mitchell is he's versatile enough, he's athletic enough that, you know, whichever direction you went, whether it's Tobias, whether it's um, – you know, or another free agent at your, you know, yeah. D'Angelo Russell or whomever, you'll, you'll have an idea, and I think he can plug in as kind of a combo one or a two. If you've got another another guard back there who can shoot, then you're okay. Like, he can run the one, and that guy can shoot, or you can get kind of a trade-off, one of those more tag-teamy type of, you know, sort of like Portland, where there is a one and a two, but they can both handle the ball a little. Uh, you, you can make those kind of things work. So I, I'm sure there's multiple plans, and this is like, just too smart a front office not to to have to have laid out multiple options and kind of know hey if this happens then we're gonna you know we're gonna bend this way or that way we live in a market that loves Derek favors and does a lot to protect him and obviously he had a really good season and did a lot for the yeah. jazz and, and people people love Derek favors um what what type of uh, what type of draw is he what type of talent is he what type of uh, attention does he bring He's a, he's a guy who who 
doesn't, you know, especially next to Gobert, I think doesn't necessarily grab the spotlight a lot. But until you watch the Jazz a bunch, and then you're like, he just he's such a great fit. Just does a lot of different things. Can be the five. Can play the four. Can just do, you know, a lot of the the dirty work on the boards and stuff, and just be good inside. That there's a, look, he could fit a lot of places and a lot of teams. I don't know that he's going to make that same kind of money anywhere else, you know. But I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe big big men tend to get overpaid a little. So he, maybe he finds that. But it's he's he's got a lot of fans around the league just because he's a guy who can kind of plug and play in a lot of ways in a lot of areas. Even though he's got some you know some holes in his game, you could see where he plug in a lot of places. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of like Chris Middleton in a lot of ways. It's like. A lot of fans are like, I don't know. And they're like, dude, he's got so many fans in front offices because you could just plug and play him anywhere. Well, hey, we certainly appreciate it as always. Looking forward to catching up with you again next week. And uh, hopefully we got a a long series on our hands where we can talk about more games. I got a feeling this is going to go six or seven. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that I think this one's, like I said, I, I, I think this one sticks around for a while. I think the Raptors are good enough to make this to make the Warriors have to actually work for this one. Does Clay Thompson is that determining your win or loss for the for tonight's game? Probably, yeah. Um, if he's not there, I definitely like the Raptors. If he is playing, though, I guess it really just not to not to hedge too much, but it really just depends on how limited is he, and then how limited is Kawhi. I mean, like, did the two days off really help him? Does he move better? And he's been just not quite as good as he was last series so I'm, I'm you know his numbers have gone down so that's kind of where I'm, I'm I would I would say it's a toss-up if he plays maybe lean slight well they're home so let's say lean Warriors but if he can't play then yeah I, I think Toronto comes out with a real sense of desperation in this one Kurt appreciate it thanks for your time take care Kurt Heelan from uh, probasketballtalk.com and NBCSports.com on the Sprint special guest line where you can get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you for details.